Thanks for sharing. And so is a great story. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast, the show where we sit down with chefs, food businesses, food writers and more to share the stories behind the food they serve. I'm your host, Persan Patel, and this show is brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Let's dig in, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Kiwi Foodcast. Today on the show, we have Wellington-based mother-daughter duo, Karen and Shoba. The two of them have self-published a cookbook called Pass It On, which features more than 100 recipes from their Gujarati culture. Both Karen and Shoba are New Zealand-born Gujaratis, yet the recipes they share in the book are deliciously authentic. Today, we talk to them about how the project came about, what it's like to write a cookbook with your parents, and the importance of passing on family treasures. So without further ado, let's begin. Hi, Shoba. Hi, Karen. Hi, Pizan. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's really cool. So, Shoba, tell me a little bit about your childhood. Has food always been a feature? Do you have any early childhood memories, food memories? Yeah, um, well, my mum and dad, they were very much um, into their food. They loved their food. And they're also keen gardeners. So um, they grew a lot of things like taro leaves, coriander, um, chilies, things that we don't really see in the garden back then. Yeah. And then um, uh, when, it, when it in season, like tomatoes and chilies, we'd go up to a tiki with the family and we'd go and pick those. they come home and she'd show us how to preserve them. And, oh, wow. So she learned a lot, taught us a lot of basic things when we were young, and that's played a key role in my cooking today. Yeah, so it's been, it's been great. We also ate um, as a family every night together, so that okay. was another good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's such an important part, right? To have at least one meal that you kind of eat, eat as a family just really helps to sit down, pause, and kind of have a yeah. good conversation because right now everyone's kind of just doing their own thing otherwise yeah definitely absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah and Karen what about you did you have you always cooked have you always had a passion for food tell me a little bit about yeah. your food memories I've yeah I've yeah. always loved cooking I think the kitchen is definitely one of my happy places <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're really lucky like mum always used to bring us up like that and from such a young age um I think I was maybe even about four and mum mum used to do cake decorating so it wasn't just Gujarati food but she also taught us so many different um types of cuisines and techniques and different parts of food so yeah I think I was maybe even four when she started teaching me how to uh, make flowers out of fondants to put on cakes um but yeah I just remember being so little um you know, even so short that she'd get the little red chair out because I was too short to reach the bench. So standing on that and having a go at making like our traditional rotli breads or, yeah, so. I only just started making rotli like two months ago when we went into lockdown. Do you like yeah. doing that? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I've got yeah. my in-laws over, so I have to, you know. Put appearances right. of be the good daughter-in-law and stuff. Was it every night was Gujarati food at your house? Like, I mean, I'm just asking. I'm curious yeah. because, you know, you're New Zealand born. So yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I'm just am amazed at how you've kind of kept that, kept your kids yeah. in touch with that Gujarati culture. How was the mix, you know, growing up? Yeah, okay. So my dad was from Fiji and um, he was a real typical Gujarati guy. And my mum brought up in New Zealand, so she worked for a Greek lady. 
and um, she's also born and um, in in the King Country. Okay. And so she learned lots of different cultured foods, and um, obviously she went to school and taught how to do European food. And then, um, but her mum also taught her how to cook Gujarati food as well. Okay. So when she got married, um, she also taught us children how to make everything. Yeah. Okay. So she she was really good at cooking actually. She she did she taught, taught us how to make pastry and all sorts of things. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, so pastry's kind of become a lost art now. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things are actually in cooking. I th- yeah. finding like a lot of people are eating out more, and I suppose yeah. this COVID nineteen has taught the, um people or even thought about you know how food, what food is. Yeah, yeah. I made yeah. I made my first pickle in, in the lockdown, so, so I'm really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's good to go back to basics. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah absolutely. So tell me, guys, how did this idea for a cookbook come about? Um, well, I've always wanted to do a cookbook because um, there weren't at that time local dry cookbooks in New Zealand that I knew of. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to do this for my girls and pass it on so that we've had our um, culture pass on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you, Karen? Were you always, was it, so was it mum's idea or your idea? How did it? Um, yeah, begin? I guess it was always mum's idea. Like she's always had this dream to be able to have a cookbook and write a cookbook and preserve our recipes because mm-hmm. the way that we're brought up to cook is by using our senses. Like nothing's written down. We just know how much to throw in. Um, you just visually <laughs> know when to do the next step. And so mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, it's always been her dream to actually write them down, especially now, like, my sisters and I are third generation Kiwi, so mm-hmm. being able to have something tangible to look at and do- have it all documented so that, yeah, we can preserve our culture for the next generations and also for the rest of New Zealand too, like mum said, um, the Gujarati cuisine is so unique and I guess not a lot of people mm. know about it, so mm. yeah, good yeah. reason to to write it (laughs) like I mean I find that really amazing because you know typically so I come I'm a Parsi which is um, a very small community in India and a lot of people in my kind of traditional community and we are we speak Gujarati as well for example so um, you know we're very closely in touch with other Gujaratis and often the thought process is that oh this family recipe is a secret and I'm not going to share it like you know it's a oh it's a secret recipe and there's a lot of this around that even if people are not kind of doing it commercially it could it could just be a pickle recipe that you know an auntie makes but she doesn't want to share that recipe with you and I think that's such a shame because that you know that tradition's going to die with you um but yeah so what are your thoughts on secret recipes do you guys have any secret recipes that only you cook or only karen cooks (laughs) no we've got all in our book now so we're passing it on (laughs) yeah no secrets anymore Um, i think that kind of links back to the whole story though i mean i guess they were all secret recipes but i guess the whole reason in the story and, and part of why we wanted to write it down and also share it with the rest of new zealand was to able to preserve that culture and all of the recipes so um everyone's got our secrets now <laughs> not only that too, like times have changed like when yeah. i was um when i was younger the mum stayed at home and looked after the family whereas today like um girls and boys go out to work and they go to university then they go and do the oe so they don't really have the time that we had to learn how to do yeah. the basics yeah 
Mm. I mean, they probably know a lot, but not to the extent yeah. that we well, the opportunity yeah. of doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even though there is Google, there's something special about having that kind of book on your shelf, right? And being able to kind of just flick through the pages. I don't know. That's always special. I always end up actually cooking from a cookbook. Like I'll look at a thousand blogs online, but when it comes to actually doing the cooking, I'll be like, oh no, I'll like go to a cookbook. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's such a difference having something tangible and physical to touch. And I mean, even the whole design of our book, like we wanted it so that, you know, you picked it up and you opened it and it felt like you're almost in Gujarat, like the bright colours and the gold-edged paper, like you just can't get that on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. So Shobha, tell me, if someone was new to Gujarati food and they wanted to make something Gujarati, what would you say are like the key fundamentals or like the key ingredients, you know, or is there like a pattern that most Gujarati food follows? Well, I think um, uh, we there are different techniques like the tempering and we do steam mm. food um, and the spices and um, it's, I think it's good to make your own spices so that you know yeah. what's in there. And just to experiment, and everything's available here in New Zealand now. So um, I know it's such a, it's so amazing. So I obviously yeah. I lived here in two thousand nine, and then moved back to India, and then came back. Yeah. Um, and I remember when Mum and me first moved here. Mum didn't buy coriander for like a year because she was like, oh. "I'm not paying two dollars for coriander." Like, <laughs> like I made two dollars, so we just didn't have coriander in our food for the whole year. And I was like, "Okay, now it's enough now." <laughs> okay, <laughs> and now it's just kind of available everywhere. You know, like it's in yeah. countdown. You don't need to go to like an Indian shop to get uh, to get those herbs and stuff like that. So that's um, right. Yeah, it's really yeah. good to go to pick and save and see all those um, vegetables and they're available there. Even yeah. in the spice, and I've noticed like Greeks, they had the garam masala and turmeric and all sorts of things there. Yeah. Previously, yeah. there was just kind of like the one curry powder. And it's like, what does this yeah. mean? <laughs> Which, yeah, what curry does this make? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Probably an awesome thing about New Zealand too. Like, I guess our country is so cultural and... There's such yeah. variety, which is really, really awesome to see. Yeah. For a country that's got only 5 million people as well, you know, yeah. it's not like we've got billions of people and that diversity comes when you have more people, but it's amazing to see see that even with such a small amount of people. Yeah. Yeah, the diversity, eh? All the different ethnic foods that are out there in New Zealand and we've only got 5 million people. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> Yeah. So Karen, tell me, why did you guys go down the self-publishing route rather than kind of doing doing the traditional route? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> and actually, at the very start, I actually had no idea what the differences were between the two different approaches. So mm. I guess the first thing we did was actually get in touch with a bunch of different publishers um, and see what the process was to, to go with them and actually get a book published. But um after it was quite difficult to actually go down that route. It was, you know, there are different application forms and having quite a different case for your book and and how it's different. Um, And that's when I guess I wasn't making too much progress there. So that's when I discovered that, well, there's a whole other route that you can go down, which is the self-publishing route. Um, And after just doing a bunch of research and talking to different people, realised with self-publishing, you can actually have full creative control over your book so you can make the decisions you can choose how you want it to look um and you've got no russian timelines as well which was really awesome so it kind of put us in control and and it made us be really creative and and innovative and and how we wanted our book to be 
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. really glad that we chose that route. Um, but it did come with a lot of risk. Um, I mean, there is a bit of an upfront investment that you make in kind of mm. getting those books published and I mean, getting them printed and all of that, right? Mm. Mm. Definitely. And I guess it's, it's the printing of it, but then it's also everything else like with, with self-publishing, you're also essentially creating a small business. You're doing the marketing and the distribution and potentially hiring freelancers if there are gaps in your skill set and yeah, yeah, a bunch of other things that come along with it. But yeah, it was exciting though. <laughs> yeah. So when you guys started the project, Karen, did you have any qualms about working with your mum to get no, this done? No, not at all. <laughs> um, no, definitely not. I mean, I knew it was her dream for so long and it's yeah. been awesome to help make that but happen. did you guys have any drama, any big conflicts while the whole thing was happening? Or it was just all kind no, of small, we all were on the same page? We have been through a lot of emotions and stuff, but I think the whole of it, it was a lot of fun. Mm, and we've yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen how clever Kieran has been and, you know, she's really pushed the limits and, you know, she's just gone the extra mile with the book. And yeah. so that's been pretty amazing. And, yeah, I've just had lots of fun with her. And I'm so yeah. glad that I've finally done it. Without her, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the same background. It is a, it's a big project, eh? Yeah. And the other thing, really too, project. is, like, um, I had my role to play and she had her role to play. So we've sort of complemented each other. Yeah. 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 So how did you guys split it up? Were you, Shoba, were you the one testing out the recipes? Um, yeah, or? so I, I wrote, pretty much wrote all of the um, recipes and um, we researched recipe books and then I chose what I liked and what I didn't like and writing a recipe and what it, what it is to write a recipe, you just think it's so easy, but actually it's not. It's <laughs> really not, all yeah. All the different components that go with that, like, like the um, – the time to make it, the ingredients, um, yeah. the dietary requirements. There's just so much more involved. Mm. Yeah, Even yeah. the um, for each recipe, there's also a little blurb uh, that describes what the yeah. recipe is. And I guess that's also been such a great way to weave in our family story and make sure that that is continued and um, threaded throughout the entire book. So even but that's what about, I, yeah, yeah, that's what I enjoyed the most about the book. You know, I mean, yeah. I love it when the food books have a little bit of that story because it's yeah. always that's the part that makes the food special. You know, like yeah. uh, there's often like so Pirates make like a dahikadi as well, and you guys yeah. make. I saw there was in your book there's a chickpea curry which is basically dahikadi, and yeah. um, but yeah, like you know, it's just your story of how you made it. That's what yeah. makes special. Um, yeah, yeah. As compared to being like, oh, okay, here's the five ingredients and that's how you make it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm. no, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was curious, like, your book actually features um, a few meat recipes as well, which is quite unique to a Gujarati cookbook because Gujaratis um, tend to be almost, ex at least in India, tend to be yeah. almost exclusively vegetarian. So, but um, so how did that come about? Is it just because your family had that or is that something that's yeah. unique to the Gujarati culture in New Zealand that people do eat meat? Um, in Fiji and in India, mm. um, I think we've had it in India as well. Mm. Uh, New Zealand, um, England, I think it, uh, most places that I've traveled to, we all eat meat, chicken, yep. uh, the Gujarati yep. barbecue. Um, okay. that's very popular I don't know if they do that I didn't know I didn't I didn't know that was a thing until I read your book that like the Gujarati oh. barbecue thing that was yeah. I, I found it very unique yeah yeah and Fiji that maybe that comes from that yeah 
Yeah, there are a lot of vegetarian dishes, though. I'd probably say more than half of the book would be vegetarian. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's a, so a lot of Gujaratis in India obviously do eat meat, but it's one of those where they're like, you know, the special vegetarians. They'll eat vegetarian at home. They'll eat meat outside. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right, <laughs> yeah. one of those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, Karen, you documented the process of writing the book on the blog, which I think is an amazing thing. You know, you've actually left behind those kind of lessons for someone else as well. But can you summarize like your top learnings from the whole experience? Yeah, for sure. That's another great question because, you know, the entire journey was learnings literally every day. Um, but probably the top learnings, and I think something that we didn't quite realize at the very start was uh, the self-publishing wrote and how that actually meant we had to start a small business. So to me, that was such a big learning and, uh, you know, realizing that it's not just about writing recipes and taking photos and, and putting it together, which it in itself is massive, but there's also a, another whole side of it, which is, you know, who do we need to hire to help us or how do we market it? Um, how do we get it out there and, and make us aware or, you mm. know, what markets do we need to go to and distribute the book? So, Can you tell me a few of the distributing tips? Like what, what did you do after those books came to your doorstep? How did you go about distributing them? Yeah, for sure. So actually when the books arrived, it was about a month before Christmas. So the timing oh. <laughs> was so close. And I, of course, Christmas is such a massive market and such a great opportunity and, and great timing to launch a book. And so it was important to actually get in touch with a bunch of different bookstores and other gift stores and stockists before we even had the books and so yeah it was important to make those connections call people maybe yep. even visit some stores um to try and you know show them and, and try and partner with them to to get into their stores so being really proactive I think and and putting the effort to make yourself out there I guess a lot of stores as well don't necessarily trust I guess uh, self-publishers as much as books that have been through a publishing company and I guess the reasoning from that might be just because you're usually a first timer when you're self-publishing yeah whereas when you go through a publishing company they've got so much expertise in that in that field and it's you know naturally uh, you can guarantee such an amazing product yeah and is your book available online right now like how do how if someone wanted to order it how do they go about and is it available yeah. for people across the world or just in New Zealand just in New Zealand but we've got a website so mm. pass it on cookbook.co.nz and yeah we've got an online store there as well so that's another place that we do sell them yeah okay okay Percent we, in the, our online um sales we also give a percentage to Wellington Dementia Oh, yeah, okay. so we support them as well. Yeah. Oh, that's a lovely, yeah. that's a lovely effort. Yeah. So, um, Shoba, tell me, it took you two years to bring this book to life. So do you feel this project has brought you guys as a mother and daughter closer together? Yeah, I think um, we've learned a lot about each other, um, yeah. you know, what we're both capable of and what we're not. And, yeah, it's mm. been a great journey. I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to convince my mum to do one, do a similar thing with me for Parsi. Yeah. So. <laughs> I should, you definitely should. Yeah, yeah. It's, really, it's a really good journey and a nice thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that I've done it. 
Yeah. I think talking to you guys, I, for me, the biggest learning is to just chip away at it. Like it will take you two years kind of thing, yeah. you know, but to yeah. just I think take your time. you need to take your time and, mm. and really decide that you do want to do that and really yeah. look into it deeply. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so Karen, what's your favorite recipe from the book? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, <laughs> depends on my mood, but I think, one of my favourites might have to be the vegetable samosas. <laughs> oh, yeah. With the chutney, yeah. Is there a time when you can't eat samosas? I can eat samosas for breakfast, lunch, dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so delicious. Just so flavoursome and um, all the different textures and, yeah, the chutneys yeah. just complement it so well. Yeah. But the Gujarati samosas are kind of like the patty samosas, right? Like it's the tin strip, so they're therefore more crispy as compared to the Punjabi samosas, which yeah. tend to be um, more thick with the pastry. Am I correct? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. The pastry is super crispy. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, those are the ones I like. The Punjabi ones become, it's like a meal meal by itself when you have oh, yeah. one of those big ones. <laughs> <laughs> Shoba, what about you? What's your favourite recipe from the book? Um, I think it would be the prawns and the crabs. I think it just takes me back to my childhood when I used to go back to Fiji with mum and dad and um, people, you know how you go out for dinner at somebody's house in New Zealand where you usually get meat or chicken? Yeah. Over there you get crabs or prawns, but they're those amazing mud crabs, the really oh, hard shell, yeah. and yeah. the meat in it is so sweet. And the same with the prawns as well. Yeah, okay. they're those big king prawns, but they are um, really delicious and really sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. So every time so I go back to Fiji. So there's a curry recipe that you have? Yeah. Like yeah. prawn one? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's a, that's amazing to add, and it adds crab as well as prawn at the same time. Uh, separately, yeah. So oh, you separately. can have a, either a prawn curry or either oh, right. a okay. crab curry. Yeah, yeah. But so the only thing with a crab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if you were Parsi, you would add yeah. both of those things together. <laughs> Hence, oh, my really? brain was kind of going like, oh, good. Oh, wow. It's like prawns and crabs. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah. You could probably do it together. <laughs> <laughs> no harm. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, the, only, the only thing about that is that you've got to take the shells off and. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, but that's all the fun and part, you know, the fun part. Once you've mastered that, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more of a can you someone peel this for me kind of person. Oh, okay. I just yeah. want but <laughs> the crabs are just out of my skill set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, Karen, tell me, how has the feedback been after launching the book and getting people outside the family to to read it? Can you tell me some of your favorite comments um, that you've got back from readers? Yeah, of course. Um, it's actually been quite overwhelming, all of the amazing feedback that we've had. And it's it's definitely, um, I guess it's also helped us push along in, in our journey, which has been really lovely. Like even the other day, we received this amazing message from one of our stockists, a new stockist up in Auckland in Ponsonby uh, at Novel. It's the name of a bookstore. And, yeah, he was just so happy. And he said, oh, this is one of the best cookbooks I've ever seen, especially it being self-published. And yep. it's messages like that that make us put big smiles on our faces. Um, that even it's brought so many opportunities. Even the other month we were welcome to Wellington Girls College and – you know, we, they wanted us to explain and share our story to them. And I think our journeys just inspired so many people as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's been really amazing too. Okay. And what about you, Shoba? Has there been any special moments since you launched this book? 
Oh, I just think everything has been special. Like we've just said everything's been positive, which is mm. very inspiring and um, just makes you feel so good. Because you can imagine like when you're writing a cookbook and you put it out there and before it gets printed, you're just so nervous about the whole thing because you're not sure whether you've done the right thing or not or whether yeah. you've made a mistake. Yeah. And until it actually gets out there and how it's received by the public. Mm. So that's yeah. another really scary part. But to hear all this feedback, that just really boosts you and, yeah, gives yeah. you that really nice fuzzy feeling. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the painting. You had someone, uh, a photograph, right? Someone wanted to put a photograph up on their walls from your book. They did, yeah. So I guess it's the cookbook's also been so nostalgic to so many people and so many Gujaratis um, and Indians in the community. So um, one lady received our book as a gift and she uh she flipped through and she saw a picture and it was mum's hand stuffing chilies yeah. and that it literally brought tears to her eyes because it reminded her of her mum and it looked because mum's hands looked exactly like her mum's hands and so she got in touch with us and asked us hey can you please send me that photo I'd love to put it up on my kitchen wall and so we sent it to her and literally a couple of days later she sent us a photo of her kitchen you know, a blown up picture of mum's hand stuffing chilies. And Aww. yeah, that's really special. That is really special. That gives me the fuzzy wuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is so amazing. Yeah. yeah. We, had, we, had a couple, we did a signing at Moore Wilson's in Wellington. And mm. we had a, um, a couple from Levin that came especially to see us. Oh, so that was really awesome. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So things like that are very nice. Yeah, and it makes yeah. it worth it, right? It makes you feel like, okay, yeah, it took me two years, but, you know, you've kind of left something back for the community, which is what you guys were planning. I mean, which is the kind of goal you had in the first place. Mm. Definitely. Right. It makes us realize why we went wider in the first place. Yeah. 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 So what comes next? Do you guys have a plans of writing another book, launching a YouTube channel? What what would you do next if you had to write another book? <laughs> or Karen's like, oh my god, I've had enough. I don't. Know. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. funny. I guess I'm enjoying this one actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess um, it's funny. I guess we've kind of touched on this before, but this cookbook, even though it's finished some opportunities are still popping up, which is really, really awesome. So I think just making the most of that and, and continuing to learn from it and share our story. But recently we've, not quite a YouTube channel, but we've been creating some tutorials of how to make some of our recipes and putting that on our Instagram and Facebook pages. So I guess that's just another way that we've been extending the project and playing around with some new ideas on, you know, how to engage with our um, amazing people that follow us. Yeah. yeah. And they're only a minute long, which is really good. So it's more engaging. Yeah. 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 No, that's, and that's what people want. They just want the small tips. And, um, but often that can just kind of spark, spark an idea for someone, right? And yeah, just exactly. help, help them along. Yeah. Yeah. So, have yeah. you guys, um, what was the run that you did, like the print run that you did for the books? How many did you guys print the first time around? <laughs> 3,000. 3,000, wow. And how's, how's the sales been like? Are you guys almost through that? How long How long has it been since you launched it? Was it uh, this Christmas? At the end of November. Okay, all right. So it's it's still early days. Yeah, it's, it's really early, early days. Yeah. yeah, but we're super yeah. happy with how they've been going. Um, awesome. Which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was, it had been a while, but that's, I mean, that's kind of been about six months. So 
That's yeah. going really well for you guys yeah. then. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're really pleased with our, our progress and where we've come to. Yeah. Cool. So, Shoba, yeah. if there was one thing about Indian food that you could tell our listeners, what would it be? Um, to give it a go. It's really spicy and vibrant. And, you know, spices are really forgiving. Yeah. And just have a play around. It's actually nice if people have a dinner party and they all get together and cook together and yeah. so much fun. You can have so much fun with it. It is no, absolutely vibrant and just like good mm. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I love about Atali. So right now in lockdown, oh, uh, we did that. So I was in a shared bubble with my mum and she made like four things and I made four things. And then we had like an eight course. Oh, <laughs> eight wow. like insane. I was cooking the whole day, but it was so much fun. Like yeah. just, uh, you know, it makes you relish the time in the kitchen. Often people feel like, you know, cooking's become like a, like a chore. Like it's something you have to do, but yeah. it can just be something that you enjoy doing, you know? Mm. And I think mm. also, like, um, Indian cooking, every day you learn something new. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you go to somebody's house, like, we all cook with the same sort of spices and everything, but and we all have a different take, but it's only a slight little twist here and there. Yeah. But yeah. generally, uh, we pretty much all cook the same. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so just before we wrap up for today, we're going to now do, like, a quick five. So we're going to do Shoba first and then Karen. And so I'm going to ask you quick five surprise questions about food. So it's going to, it's like a food personality test. <laughs> cool. So, Shoba, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So if you were a vegetable, which one would you be? Cool. And one time. kitchen staple that you must have in your garlic garlic yeah garlic's for me too oh for me more like ginger garlic paste because i can't yeah, be bothered yeah, yeah. can't be yeah. bothered peeling it all the time uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool so what's a favorite item to eat in a gujarati thali um oh dear probably magni dal magni dal oh yeah, yeah. it's nice yeah. it's nice and light right yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so bread or roti, which one do you have more of at home? Rotli. Rotli? Yeah. And do you, do you make that kind of every day or is it? Um... Uh, I used to, but no, not anymore. <laughs> we, we sort of have more um, salads and that sort of thing now. We've up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that fancy roti printing machine? It's $1,500, but <laughs> maybe when you sell all your books, you can get one. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like a 3D printer, but it prints out rotis. Um, oh. I saw it at my neighbor's house and um, you just put in the flour and the water and then you go like, how many rotis do you want? Like four. And it oh, yeah, kind of does its thing and it toasts it. And you, can have it. <laughs> you don't, yeah, it does. It does. I mean, they don't come out as thin and soft as um, if you'd kind of hand, hand kneaded it, but yeah. it does the job if like, you know, you've got a hungry family to feed and yeah. you have to make like 40 rotis a day. <laughs> yeah. If you're making rotlies every day and you don't like doing it, it's ideal, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so to wrap up, Shoba, what's the one secret ingredient that you like to add in all the food that you cook? Probably um, ing. Hing? Yeah, uh, esafetida. Yeah. Esafetida, yeah. yeah. That's such a Gujarati thing to say, though. I yeah, it is. 
<laughs> I knew I knew mum was gonna say that. <laughs> okay. Okay, Karen, your turn. So if you were a fruit, which one would you be? Oh, strawberry. Strawberry. Okay. <laughs> Is there a reason why or there's no logic? I just like strawberries. <laughs> oh. And something that you must buy every time you go to like your local grocery store. Uh, chocolate. Does it have to be Indian food for like no, just her, the children? <laughs> yeah, I always pick up Obitikas. That's my favorite. Oh, same. Obitikas yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah. yeah. And what about you? What's your favorite item to eat in a Gujarati thali? Oh, I love a good um, potato fry, like the potato, potato fry. Yeah. dish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Potato is by far my favorite vegetable. Yeah, mm. so it's just so versatile. That's why I can't stick with keto because it tells me to give up potatoes and I'm like, I, I can do rice, but I can't give up my potato. <laughs> 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 and um, bread or roti for you, Karen? Which one do you prefer? Uh, with Indian food, definitely roti bread. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And breakfast, lunch or dinner, what's your favorite meal of the day and why? Oh, uh, dinner, I think... I think breakfast is maybe more of a repetitive. Yeah, there's not as much variation, and lunch feels a bit rushed, especially during work. But dinners, yeah, dinners a favourite. That's awesome! Great, cool. That's some amazing answers, both of you. Um, if I was Karen Johar and we were doing a talk show, I'd give one of you a gift basket, but never mind. You can, you can give yourself something. <laughs> oh, this was awesome, though. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And um, Karen, I'll ask for some details. I'll, we'll put that in the show notes so everyone knows where they can go and buy your book. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that you guys write another one. So think about it. <laughs> Maybe I'll be recovered after this one. <laughs> you might write one before we do. <laughs> oh, let's hope so. <laughs> All right. Wow. Thank you so it's much, guys. It was lovely having you. Yeah, thank, yeah. You. thank you so much. Bye-bye. See you guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Kiwi Foodcast, brought to you by Podcasts New Zealand. Be sure to listen in next time for another helping of Kiwi Food Stories.